Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung. Hey, everybody, it's Loth. We're in the middle of the postseason, a week and a half away from the Super Bowl. I'm pumped. I'm excited. It's that time of year. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for all the listeners out there, uh, we are excited to talk about the playoffs a little bit, talk about the Super Bowl, but uh, we're probably going to uh, limit the actual fantasy talk in this show, although we do plan on going into a few postseason shows uh, later on. Uh, We're going to go back and talk about some of the preseason uh, hot takes that we had and, and talk about some dynasty off-season and free agency previews. But for just this show, we're going to relish in uh, more so football than fantasy football. Take three. Yeah, for those of, uh, well, I guess all of you uh, don't know, but we've had some technical difficulties where we've been talking for about an hour, but uh, no- nothing really got recorded. So uh, if we jumble <laughs> over our words a little bit or uh, repeat ourselves, uh, please don't hold that against us for this episode. I'm just an amateur, folks. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's kind of okay because I feel like we never really listen to Los anyway, right? Mm, nah, I mean, I don't. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I was going to say the the one benefit, uh, the one silver lining, if you will, to uh, our tef- our technical difficulties is we get to address... Um, a few things that we forgot about until about a half hour in uh, the last time we tried recording this episode, uh, and that's oh. uh, and that's a big congrats to our super producer Dan and uh, my co-host Los for both getting engaged, uh, but not to each other. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Dan. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier. You know, among the jokes is even better the third time. <laughs> Hey, hey, the listeners don't know that, right? It's a, it it's a solid joke. For them. <laughs> it's a very good joke that is being told for the first time to our listeners. That's right. The people <laughs> need to hear these things. <laughs> you know what? It was the, the, the reactions were better from the two of you the first time around, but I, I appreciate <laughs> the little bit of play acting for this, uh, this recording, this go around. My reactions always bring the fire. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, certainly very excited, uh, for the two of you, uh, and hopefully, uh, we'll still have some time in between the wedding planning to, uh, record some good off-season content for all you listeners out there. You know what they say, third time's the charm, and there are three co- they are, there are three people on this podcast, Monk. Yeah, you're, uh, you're certainly not wrong there, uh, but, uh, we'll, uh... I don't know. Will it? Uh, will the third time be the charm for Nick Foles? That doesn't make sense. But we're when you do the math, you choose McGrath. I don't. Uh, I don't have a good transition into this. Uh, you want to? You want to run us through uh, some playoff stuff, and we'll, we'll sure, keep talking. Sure, sure. Some playoff news and notes. Congratulations for the Eagles making it to the uh, Super Bowl. Um, just to bring in a little bit of fantasy analysis, since this is a fantasy podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles' running back situation. Jay Ajayi in particular in relation to the other running backs, of course. So they entered the season with, uh, as we know, LeGarrette Blunt, Kenyon Barner, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement. Things didn't exactly go that way. They brought in Jay Ajayi. Corey Clement became a little more important as the season went on. 
And it was looking like a pretty nasty four-headed monster situation where none of them were really sustainable for any sort of fantasy production. And then bring it to the playoffs. What better time to run the offense that you want to than in the playoffs? And here we see versus Atlanta in their first game, uh, divisional title weekend. Jay Ajayi, 15 carries, 54 yards with three catches for 44. To Blunt's nine carries, he did have a touchdown. To Clemens, one carry and five catches. He did get some passing work there. And then last week, Eagles, Jay Ajayi, 18 carries, 73 yards, bigger portion of the offense. Three catches, 26 yards versus Minnesota. Blunt, just six carries. Clemens, just two carries and a catch. Blunt is not under contract after the season. Right now, Ajayi has been stuck in that Amir Abdullah role, but he is getting more work and may have his primary vulture out of the way coming into the next season. I think it's a hold. I think it's time to maybe try and buy low on Ajayi if you're in a dynasty. Don't overpay for him because there are about six other running backs on that roster, all of which people said were going to be the lead guy at one point or another heading back to the last postseason. Don't don't forget about Wendell Smallwood. He, does, he is still on this team. But Kenyon Barner isn't ca- getting carries or any work time. Clements is decreasing his passing game share. And LeGarrette Blunt is decreasing his overall all carries. That said, this will probably all be wrong going into, uh, going into the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, you know, my guess right now is going to be that they're going to part ways with LeGarrette Blunt after this season. Um, I would think that they're going to add depth to that backfield, uh, whether it's via free agency or you know drafting a rookie running back late. Um, and honestly, this free agent uh, running back class is pretty saturated. You've got pounders like Isaiah Crowell and Deion Lewis. Uh, you've got pass-catching guys like Shane Vereen and Jarek McKinnon. Um, these are all guys that are going to kind of shift the landscape of the NFL running back situations around the league. Um, but my guess is going to be that as of right now, um, my guess would be that Jay Ajayi would be the lead back at the very least going into 2018. And if I had to, you know, gun to my head, rank him right now, I would say he's probably slotted in in that mid-level RB2 range. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, you know, a, a guy who gets uh, just over the majority of the work in a very, very good, in what will be a very good offense next year, right? Yeah, and the good thing is, you know, the Philadelphia defense is going to maintain, you know, its dominance. Uh, they don't, they're not going to lose many pieces there, and that, that really just frees up more carries uh, to be split up, even if it is going to be somewhat of a was I calling him Blount, by the way, or did I say Blunt? Uh, I don't know. I kind of zone out when you talk, but I believe you said Blunt. Okay, for some reason I came away saying Blount because I, I kept wanting to say J.R. Blount, and I was like, that's not him. Then I realized J.R. Blount was the star uh, and uh, the star basketball player when I went to Loyola University. He was our, uh, he was our shooting guard. I, I was just about to say I have no idea who J.R. Blount is. <laughs> yes, that's because you don't follow Loyola University basketball. The only team in Illinois ever ever to win the national championship. Don't you forget it. That's certainly fine. Uh, <laughs> as you may or may not know, I care very little about college basketball. But but you did go to U of I, and a lot of you guys do care about college basketball, where I reign supreme. <laughs> That's certainly fair. But uh, going back to football for a second, if I may. <laughs> um <laughs> No, I mean, did you did you expect that outcome? I mean, if, if we had been recording a few days ago prior to the Vikings-Eagles game, I, I would have probably said, you know, 
Vikings. Uh, I, I would have expected a close game regardless, but I definitely would have taken the Vikings. No, I, I had the Vikings winning that game. They just came out and put us put up a stinker on defense. I wouldn't have said that Foles was going to connect for a deep touchdown to Torrey Smith against that defense. I wasn't going to say that he was going to connect for two deep touchdowns to Elshon Jeffrey against that defense. You know, j- just things happening that were not supposed to happen with Nick Foles at the helm, let alone Carson Wentz. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess Jeff Fisher has really put his mark on this league. <laughs> there you go, to... Uh, two NFC championship uh, uh, contenders, right? Yeah, but certainly, I mean, I think if anything, this is a, a great example that coaching does matter. I mean, Doug Peterson just really had a brilliant game plan, uh, really kept Foles, you know, out of pressure. And, um, I mean, part of that is, uh, you know, is the offensive line, but part of that is also how he schemed those plays. Absolutely. I could go into some similar numbers for the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers, but the point here is that each game somebody's been practically a uh, production-based wide receiver two, maybe low-end wide receiver one certain weeks, but there is zero consistency or way to tell which between Hearns, Lee, Cole, and Westbrook. All of them have blow-up weeks, and then Westbrook last week, for example, one catch, eight yards, when a lot of people would say, oh, D.D. Westbrook is the go-to guy, the best wide receiver on this team. Uh, that, that's great for Blake Bortles, who will again be an underrated quarterback heading into next season, but it makes it really tough to spend anything on Jags wide receivers, especially with Allen Robinson potentially re-signing with this team. Yeah, my guess is Robinson's going to be gone, and you know, even though yeah. Blake Bortles is under contract for another year, there's no guaranteed money on that for 2018, so they could also very potentially part ways with Bortles as well. This guy gets no respect. They, we say, they say week in and week out, this guy could fall apart. This guy could be the reason the team falls apart. This, could, this guy could be the reason the team loses. No, this narrative is false. This is based on false pretenses. This is based on the past. We live in the now, people, and Blake Bortles is the now and the future. This is an NFL quarterback. What, what are you, is his uncle or something? I don't think I've ever heard that, that <laughs> supportive of a of a rant if i dare say uh for blake well forgive me it's take three (laughs) (laughs) um but i mean to be completely honest here i I don't i think you could do much worse than blake bortles but i I would still think that management clearly sees him as the weak link on this team And, and really i think part of the problem is he can show those flashes i mean we saw that he pulled some magic out to to beat Bill, the Bills without, uh, you know, with running more than he actually passed. And, but the problem is he's a very inconsistent quarterback, and you might get that kind of performance out of him one week, and he might throw two or three picks the very next. You know who else is inconsistent? Ben Roethlisberger. And nobody questions Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody's, oh, Ben Roethlisberger, yes, we want him, we want him, we want him. Super Bowl MVP. No, Ben Roethlisberger is a older version of Blake Bortles. Ooh, uh. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right to say ooh there because Blake Bortles doesn't stink on the road. Ben Roethlisberger stinks on the road. Give me Blake over Ben 10 times out of 9. You know, I want to say that's ridiculous, but I feel like what's happening right now is like that one episode of Always Sunny when Mac slowly convinces the rest that evolution is a crock and that you know he's making some really good arguments um and i'm not sure how i feel about this but 
I, I want to say that fantasy-wise, at least I agree. Um, Blake Bortles has some awful games, but he certainly had a few weeks where he carried your team to some fantasy victories, um, and certainly for DFS as well. Here's a question for you. 2018, Drew Brees in round five or Blake Bortles in round 16? Yeah, I'm not arguing against that for fantasy purposes, but uh, certainly I think if you're the general manager or Tom Coughlin uh, for the Jaguars, you know you're looking into possibilities of you know Kirk Cousins or Alex Smith or whoever it might be uh, over Blake Bortles. Tom Coughlin has no vision. Uh, mm, I, I think no, Co- he he needs glasses. This is a serious <laughs> statement. I think Coughlin gets gets a lot of credit for things that he does right, but I think he's also lucked into a lot of pretty good situations. I mean, regardless of whether he would have joined that organization or not, I think Jacksonville was already kind of taking that next step and on their way up. But regardless here, I, am I wrong in saying that, you know, I'm, I, for one, am very happy that the Patriots made it to the Super Bowl once again, but... I think it would be a more intriguing game had it been Philadelphia and Jacksonville. Oh, it would have been awesome. I I was actually hoping for Minnesota versus Jacksonville. Um, I like that sort of smash-mouth defensive-style football, honestly, uh, which has no no place in the fantasy game, so you might think I'm crazy saying that. But, um, you know, ratings would have been down. Probably people would have been shutting the TV off like in that Ravens first Super Bowl uh, a decade ago. But I would have loved it. I, I, I love defensive football. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I, I'm so there were there was a quick clip of Bill Belichick being very emotional, very outwardly happy um, at the end of that Jaguars Patriots game, which is very uncharacteristic for the the generally stone faced coach. But my personal. Uh, take on that and I'm sure he'll never confirm or deny is that I think that as brilliant of a game that he called and and schemed I think in his heart he was very scared that the Jaguars were going to win that game because on paper they are you know pretty much set to take down teams like the Patriots oh absolutely this was a hands-down better win for the Patriots than the win against the Falcons last year in the Super Bowl. They had more to uh, they did they had more to come back on and they had a tougher time doing it. They had a real legitimate top of the AFC defense. Sure, the Falcons were fine. They sacked the quarterback in here. They they got after Tom Brady during that game, but they were not Saxonville. Sa- Jacksonville is a different class of defense to play against than than uh, Atlanta was last year. Yeah, and I would argue that Philly, Jacksonville, and Minnesota are the three best defenses in the league right now. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that's a, a very sound argument to make there. Um, Seahawks are falling apart. Is they, they're they're like uh, they're like a ticking time bomb. Yeah. I, that's. Uh, I don't want to get into the Seahawks too much right now, but they're they're a team in transition right now. I don't know what they're going to look like for the next year or two. Pete Carroll's just. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it's time for him to go. Uh, you know. Take it, take a retire. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Like, take a bath or something? <laughs> no, I don't know. I was gonna say take a trip, and then I said like cashed in his AARP check, or I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, t- take a little commercial cruise, uh, like you see on TV, Carnival. Uh, you know. Exactly. Oh, p- com- 
Pete Carroll, huge Carnival Cruise guy. Just look at him for sure. <laughs> I could see Pete Carroll getting very angry in like the buffet line of a Carnival Cruise. Absolutely. Hey, you ate my last chicken tender. That's what he'd start a big to-do over. It's all you can eat. It's all you can eat, buddy. Pete, they're coming back in five minutes. Oh, I, I guess that's what happens when you decide to uh, to pass the ball instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch. Isn't that right? Isn't that that's just the way the cookie crumbles? Yeah, but um, you know, going back to this current Super Bowl, uh, what what are your thoughts on how this game's gonna play out? Uh, you know, what what's your prediction here? Uh, I'm I'm curious to hear what you think for the third time. <laughs> I'm doing my best not to underrate the Eagles, honestly. They've shown time and again they're coming in. They're coming in with their stupid dog hat or their really cool dog hats or whatever. They're the underdogs. Woof, woof. Bow, wow. Good, good on you. But this is Nick Foles coming in to a Super Bowl against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. What do you think's going to happen? Come on. He just, he just had to beat Case Keenum and Pat Shermer. Come on. This is Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of our generation and the greatest quarterback of our generation with the greatest tight end of all time and a defensive coordinator that's going to go on and head coach another team to another championship in three years or something like that maybe there's no chance there's not a shadow of a chance for the eagles to win this game patriots 35 eagles 24 well first off i I really like how certain and confident you were in that entire rambling statement until the very end when you're like, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was, well, I was saying maybe because there, there's a gigantic chance that Matt Patricia comes into Detroit and that entire franchise falls apart because Detroit just does that. They're good, good, good building up, and then they drop out like, the, like there was no floor underneath them. Sure, but um, all right. So going back, I actually I think my thoughts kind of align pretty closely with yours. If I if I had to guess right now, my final score something would be something like Patriots thirty three, Eagles twenty twenty one, something along those lines. Um, I I just think that really it's going to come down to two big things. One, how is Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, uh, for that matter, going to execute the offense against? Uh, you know, a pretty underrated Patriots defense, uh, the the kind of bend, don't break approach where, I mean, they're going to have tons of film on the run pass option at this point. I don't think they're going to be able to do that with quite as much success. Um, so how are they going to move the ball? And two, I mean, the defense is very good. I think they're going to pressure Brady all night, uh, uh, try to get those turnovers, get those short fields. But at the end of the day, uh, how do you stop Gronk? Uh, not with anybody on the Eagles. I mean, they're, they are a great defense, but but I don't see anybody stopping Gronk on that team. Uh, Jacksonville actually did a really, really good job with uh, with uh, who they have on him, Jalen Ramsey, most of the game. Yeah, I think the Eagles might try and take one out of their book and just kind of bring a sledgehammer and try to bash him on the head real quick, take him out in the first half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was actually what ended uh, what ended Gronk's day that concussion, Kelsey style. Yeah, but I mean, I, honestly, I think the, I think the best way to sum up how I feel about you know how that game's gonna go is, is they had a, a quick interview with uh, the Patriots left tackle Nate Solder, and he was talking about how you know they're facing former teammates and, and Chris Long and Legarrette Blunt, and you know those are, they're very good players, both uh, those two and the rest of the Eagles roster. But uh, you know, he said uh, 
I think the quote, uh, you know, something along the lines of they're really good players, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be them or us. And it's, you know, it's us. And <laughs> I think that's kind of how it's going to go, where the, the Eagles are certainly going to put up a fight. I don't think I would give them, you know, a one in four chance to win this game, but I, I definitely think that the Patriots would be um, favored heavily here, even though Vegas seems to disagree with me right now. Nate Solder coming in with a hot take of the century. It's them or us in the Super Bowl. Wow. Really hard-hitting <laughs> stuff there, bud. Yeah, but, I mean, surprisingly enough, uh, you know, Vegas right now only has the Patriots favored by a few points. Uh, that, that's kind of shocking to me. I would have thought it would be a little bit more. We've got a week and a half. That'll change. Yeah, um, but certainly I, I think regardless, it's going to be a real fun game. Uh, I do think the Patriots going to cover that minus five and, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it would have been a closer, more intriguing game had it been Jacksonville representing the AFC. But, uh, you know, that's what happens when you don't play all four quarters against the Patriots. But uh, we'll see. I, I honestly think, you know, quick question for you also, um, not to gloss over this Super Bowl, but would you agree if I said that right now for the 2018-2019 season that I would have – the Eagles as the number one seed? Yikes, let me think about that. I mean, just in yeah, terms no, of without, returning without, without question, with If Wentz can come back, <coughs> and that's a big question that people aren't really giving the credit it deserves. People are saying Carson Wentz, okay, Carson Wentz, Eagles next year. Carson Wentz injured himself with an ACL very late in the season we don't know what his rehab time process is going to be. We don't know if he's going to take more than a year. Not everybody's Adrian Peterson. As a matter of fact, there's only one Adrian Peterson. Um, so it's very possible that this that this injury takes him into week 10 of next year, like where he got injured this year. Um, if he's back, yes, undoubtedly. But uh, – you know, let me ask you another question, too. We, we haven't really talked about Minnesota all that much yet on this show, and we'll get to that in just a second. But yeah. how ironic would be would it be if, due to the Carson Wentz injury recovery timeline, Philadelphia re-signed Sam Bradford to a one-year contract after trading oh him gosh. away? Wow. That would be, that would be, the, the, that would be incestuous, to say the least. What? a quarterback shuffle and back and forth. That would be really cool, especially with all the Foles and Keenum and all that nonsense going on. I, I think uh, I think maybe they should just wor merge into one quarterback staff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was something I was thinking a little bit about. But, you know, let's let's get into Minnesota just a little bit, uh, where, you know, all three of their quarterbacks right now, uh, none of them are under contract for 2018. Um, what do you think is going to happen there with the quarterback situation? Sure, regarding that um, – you know, anything can happen in the NFL, but I, I, I really see this shaking down one way. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, 25-year-old, he, he's the youngest. Um, he's the guy that the Vikings did want. They tried to bring him back this year, saw that he was not ready just yet. They've invested two full years in his recovery. There's no reason for them to not to continue to invest. They've already paid him. They've already wasted all that time, so to speak, because if they cut him or don't resign him, that's all that would be is wasted time. They've made the investment. They'll bring him back. They're going to bring him back on a prove-it type deal. There's no reason to bring him back on a starter salary. And with that, they have the opportunity to bring back Sam Bradford, who they also like quite a bit. 
Um, there, there's no reason that this season won't open with him as the starter, Bridgewater as the two in the preseason. Let preseason uh, play, play, play uh, let preseason play dictate what happens from then on. But uh, that's what I think is going to happen there. While I think Case Keenum follows Pat Shermer over to the Giants, where they're looking for a new face. This guy just had a great season here. Eli Manning has not had a great season. Not this year, not last year. He's 36, 37 years old. Uh, Case Keenum will be 30. I, I think, I really think that's what's going to happen there. Uh, management or ownership of, of the Giants did say that they're excited to see what Eli can do next year, but let's be honest. When has anybody ever been excited about anything Eli Manning can do? Great. He won two Super Bowls. I really don't think that anybody cares. Yeah, that's interesting. So from a fantasy perspective then, um, are you are you going to kind of hedge against guys like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen just because of the uncertainty in terms of the, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback situation right now? I mean, I'm certainly not going to overdraft them, but I don't really see their situation changing all that much. Um, they, the only thing that could really hurt them, in my opinion, is if that uh, is if that uh, their wide receiver three or four this year, not Michael Floyd, but the guy, Laquan, if, if Laquan Treadwell takes a step forward, which I don't really think he's ever going to. That's the only thing that would, would put a damper on their seasons for me. I think they both will slot in just fine as wide receiver twos. Don't go selling them off or anything crazy. Um, a big major change that will happen, though, uh, Jarek McKinnon may not be back. Not that they'll need him because Delvin Cook will be back. And he was a absolute monster his rookie season before his injury. Hopefully he can return to full form. Yeah, I think a lot is going to be in flux for the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, Latavius Murray is under contract for two more years as well, but he has very little dead money if they chose to cut him. Um, certainly, uh, I think uh, there's a lot at play here. And I'd be a little bit concerned as a Vikings fan. I, I think they could certainly make it back to where they, how far they got this year, but I think there are a lot of hurdles there. Uh, yeah, the, the biggest one being the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, uh, you know, we the last team that we have yet to really touch on out of these final four, uh, the Patriots. So l let me pose to you this question, then. Assuming, let, let's say, the odds are greater than 50% that Tom Brady could potentially win the regular season MVP, uh, sure. win his third Super Bowl in four years for the second time in his career, um, sure. and potentially win Super Bowl MVP, yeah, it, it's very possible that he goes out on top. Uh, Josh McDaniels goes to Indianapolis. Uh, Matt Patricia goes to Detroit, and Bill Belichick uh, either goes sailing on his boat or goes to Cleveland or goes somewhere else outside of New England. That's not crazy to say. No, it's it's really not crazy to say, and that's a that's a scary thought for Patriots fans. Though I think it's probably the best fitting end for this. Uh, for that dynasty and organization, you can't you can't sit on the mountaintop forever. And if it's gonna uh, if it's gonna go down, take it all down and build it back up because you're not doing anything with Brian Hoyer. I don't think if Belichick or any of these guys don't stay there, uh, Burkhead's contract uh, is out of contract after the season. Diab Lewis is out of contract after this season. Um, Danny Amendola's contract's over at the end of the season. I think that only leaves uh, if Brady were to be gone. That just sort of leaves uh, Nate Solder's contract is done this season. Speaking of him, um, <laughs> that really just leaves uh, the Gronk and Brandon Cooks on that offense. And that's, uh, 
that's that's a scary thought for the Grag. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be a very bittersweet end uh, to the season. You, you know, Gronk could retire with 69 career season touchdowns. <laughs> that would be that would be perfect for him, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no, no way. No, I actually thought it'd be it'd be real interesting if Belichick decided to kind of go back and rectify one of his early career failures and went back to the Cleveland Browns with all of their draft picks, with their salary cap uh, very well managed right now, with a ton of room to acquire some you know assets uh, on both offense and defense. To be honest, but you're the greatest coach of the modern era. Why? Why would you want to go live in Cleveland? Because the only thing that could make you greater would be to win a Super Bowl for Cleveland. Gosh. And, I mean, the timing is right there. The The Bengals and Ravens are just sitting there in a stagnant pattern, holding pattern. Ben Roethlisberger's another year older, another year worse on the road. Le'Veon Bell hates the Steelers. Ugh. I could see an argument made there. I mean, that would be a crazy, crazy turn of events. That's for sure. And you know they wouldn't end up with the first or fourth overall. They would turn it into, you know, five late firsts in 37 seconds. Yeah. I I think regardless of how everything plays out in the next couple months, I think a lot of change is coming for the NFL. Jeez. So so there are some people out there drinking the Kool-Aid that Kraft and Belichick are having a big rift. And uh, Garoppolo wasn't uh, was it was a terrible trade and things like that. So who knows? Yeah, that's uh, um, real quick. Just uh, again, we don't want to get too distracted here. But what are your thoughts on Garoppolo? My thoughts on Jimmy James, Jonathan Garoppolo the first. He is gonna be probably resigned by San Francisco. If they can't, they're definitely going to franchise him. I don't care if it's for $28 million. They're not going to let him go after that, after winning five straight. He took this team out of the basement of uh, looking like they'd be having first or second overall pick to five straight wins, you know, out of that sort of contention for, the, for that sort of thing, looking like a great trade that they made. Um, I, I, think, I think this was smart for them to get him, and they'd be fools not to resign him. And I like him heading into the next season. Um, I, I like him as a late-round flyer if you're in a two-quarterback. He's, he's definitely a consideration. Not yet a first-quarterback first, first uh, a quarterback one or anything, but, but I like it. I like what I saw quite a bit. I saw him with Marquise Goodwin. I saw him with uh, – I expect them to go grab a few more catching options for him. I like the running back situation they have there if they keep that. And I don't, I don't really have a great reason for them not to other than that this regime didn't draft Carlos Hyatt. I think he fits in very well with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, I think I would even go a step further. I, I think that San Francisco is going to be able to get something done done with him long term. Um, and as of right now, assuming he stays in San Francisco, uh, I would probably have them in my top ten quarterbacks in fantasy next year. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> well, I don't, but I do think they'll tie him up. Uh, there, there's. Now, there's there's two big quarterback jobs that any kid aspires to have in his generation. I don't know if – I don't think it's true anymore, but he's in the generation where, you know, being the next Steve Young, being the next Troy Aikman are the most amazing things you can be, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
and I and, and I don't see any reason he doesn't uh, lock himself into that San Francisco deal. Um, top ten, uh, yeah, I can't do that right now. I, I, I don't I don't think so. I like Rivers better for sure, uh, and that's and that's I just say him to be like on the lower end of the ten that I know I would have above him. Okay. All all I'm saying is as of right now, um, with the uncertainty around Kirk Cousins, um, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford have, have always been those uninspiring low end QB one options. I would rather take the upside of Jimmy Garoppolo over those guys. Did you just call Kirk Cousins uninspiring? <laughs> I just threw. Stop something at my wall that I shouldn't have thrown, so I'm not going to say what it was. But that I am outraged, Mung. Wait, what did you throw that you shouldn't have thrown? Don't worry about it. There's a mess I have to clean up now, but it's fine. Oh. Kirk Cousins is far from an undesirable option. He is not. But I'm saying the uncer- you But we don't know where he's going to be. He might be back in Washington. He might not. Okay, let's say worst case scenarios. But I I laid out the teams that he could possibly be with here. And I, th- I, let's talk about some worst case scenarios. If he stays in Washington, I think they upgrade that line. I think he's fine with those weapons around him. Love what I saw out of Josh Jackson. Jameson Crowder solid. If Jordan Reed can stay healthy, then they're money. If he goes to Denver, a lot of links to Denver. He said he wants to go to Denver. Denver wants him. John Elway's not an idiot, even though he does find garbage backup quarterbacks. But that's what he did found some solid backup quarterbacks. If he goes to Denver, that improves his stock from being in Washington. If he goes to Arizona, that more than likely improves his stock. He has a bona fide stud at running back. Larry, I, Larry, I disagree with that one. I think Arizona think, won. I think there are a lot of questions on that offensive line. I, I think they could certainly add a free agent wide receiver, um, but I don't know who they would get outside of Allen Robinson. That would really inspire me to think that's a great landing spot. And I think there's a ton of uncertainty right now with Arizona. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about David Johnson more in the offseason, but I'm already he's already a pretty risky bet for me. See, I, I'm completely on the opposite with you. I think the quarterback drove the situation down in Arizona with Kirk Cousins. Guys like, guys like John Brown look much better. Larry was a stud with whoever was there. He'd be just as good with Kirk Cousins. Um, who are the other cats out in Arizona right now? I'm so flustered, I can't even think. Uh, John Brown and Jaron Jaron Brown, whatever. Brown, John J. J. Brown Nelson. is solid. But none J. of J. those guys. Nelson gives him a deep threat that he hasn't <laughs> ever had. What? Oh, Deshaun Jackson, not a deep threat. No, he's garbage sauce <laughs> compared okay. to J.J. Nelson. Well, fine, whatever. Okay, so that leads us to a couple not so great options. Buffalo. We'll probably look for a quarterback. There's some options around him, but that's that would be worse than Washington. But I don't think there's a good chance of that. The Jets would be worse than Washington. So that's two. That's two out of 30 teams. But then Cleveland, I think, is a fine landing spot for him. As much as Cleveland stinks, they do have two awesome things for him there. And one is Corey. Three awesome things for him right there. One is Corey Coleman. Two is Josh Gordon. And three is Duke Johnson. That's that's money all day for Kirk Cousins. And four, Dave Njoku, who, he, who he, he can turn into a Jordan Reed. Hopefully keep him away from concussion protocol, though. Okay, I think those are fair arguments. Um, all right, I, I, could, I could see that. Um, I'm just saying I'm very high on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, I'm not saying I would take Kirk Cousins out of my top ten necessarily, but... Sorry. 
Yeah, no, I mean, hey, you, if that's your guy, I get it. Uh, Jimmy G's my guy, so I, I, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of discussions about the two of them uh, in 2018. Um, Absolutely. But real quick, uh, to wrap up, um, let's get back to the Super Bowl, the big game that everyone's going to have their eyes on in just a week or two. Um, let's do a couple quick prop bets. Uh, I'm curious to see your thoughts on, on some of these, and, and feel free All to right, cool. throw a couple out there as well. Um, the first one that comes immediately to mind, uh, Rob Gronkowski over under 69 receiving yards. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to give him a nice over on the 69 receiving yards. I think uh, Philly's going to have a nice day shutting down some other wide receivers, and it's going to be a lot of ground. Uh, what do you what do you think about a push exactly sixty nine? <laughs> I you know it's I I love it I love it throw Sorry, me throw so you, me in the pot. Okay, so you said um you said over sixty nine. I think over for that. Um, I'm not gonna take the under. I I would also take the over there. So that's uh. All right. Yeah. We'll same same reasoning, or or you just think he's that good? I just think doesn't matter about anything else. Well, I mean, one, I, I think he's very good and he's going to give them fits on defense but two i think he's the biggest mismatch between those two teams so i think uh i I think everyone on the patriots knows that and i think even though everyone on the eagles knows that uh, they're going to try and you know stop him uh, i don't think they're really going to be able to just because you know it doesn't mean you can do anything about it yeah all right um what about all right let's say tom brady over under 280 passing yards. Oof. I will put him. That's a good line. Oh. Huh, I guess that's why you're asking the questions, not to give me bad lines, huh? <laughs> I'm actually, I, I haven't looked at the game props yet uh, that Vegas have set, so I'd be interested to see what they're going to end up putting out there. But, yeah, that's that's the number I'm going with here. I'm going to put him under, but not by a ton. I would take the over on that. Okay. Let me write this down. 280. Um, all right, what do you think? Uh, you got any? Um, oh, I, I, was po- I was thinking you'd throw me some stuff about uh, running backs. Okay, we can do that. Um, all right, Jay Jai. Um, let's go over under 80 rushing yards. Under. Hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to have to take the under on that one, too. James White, eight and a half receptions. Or, sorry, Deion Lewis, eight and a half receptions. Uh, I would take the under on that. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more split up than that. Okay. James White did have 14 catches last, uh, last Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but I don't think that the Patriots are going to be ever trailing by that many scores against the Eagles. Okay. Okay. Are you taking the over on that? No, I'm not taking the over. Uh, no, but I think it's close. Um, how about Zach Ertz? Touchdown or nay? Ooh. Ooh. I think that Belichick is going to do everything he can to make Foles target somebody else. So, But that doesn't mean Ertz can't still get a touchdown. I'm going 
Ooh, that's a tough one. I will say yes. So if we're going to do half a touchdown, I, I would take the over. I'm going no. I'm saying no for it. Okay. I'll do as that. As much but. as I do like Zach Ertz. And then how about Tom Brady touchdown? Uh, wait, no, no. Here, I, all right. I got one for you. Okay. Um, Nick Foles over or under .5 interceptions. And this will be the game. I, I, I have met two interceptions. So give me the over. Ooh, all right. Yeah, I would take the over as well. Yeah. Or how, how about this? What if we did one and a half? So you yeah, would take me, the over. Yeah, give me two then. Okay, I would take the under. I, I would think one interception, but I'm not sure about two. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else here? Patriots passing touchdowns or Patriots rushing touchdowns? Mm. Or how about how about this one? I got an interesting one for you. Um, okay. Over or under? Eagles sacks two and a half. Oh, that that is a good one. Um, I like the over on that. I'm gonna take the under. I I think okay. they're gonna play. They're gonna play as clean of a game as possible. I think they get one or two on Brady, but... But it's it's that pressure as to why I, I think it's close with uh, with the Deion Lewis with the running back catches, because I think that's that's how they're going to combat that pass rush, is have a couple underneath screen-type uh, screen dump-off that's going to pull those defensive linemen away from pressuring Brady. See, I don't disagree with that, but I, I just think that's going to be split up more with Burkhead and White as well. That's why yeah. I, I didn't want to take the Lewis one. Yeah, there was no Burkhead last year. That's for sure. That that's true. Uh, oh, all right. Hold on. Well, one last one for you, just for fun. Okay. Um, we won't actually put this one down as a bet, but do you think Mike Gillisley gets a touchdown? Because the only reason I say that is because <laughs> I think this is going to be a close game at the start. Um, but I expect the Patriots to pull away a little bit. Um, but going back to that storyline of potentially, you know, breaking up the dream team here, there is the possibility if the Patriots decide to, you know, go out with a hurrah and, you know, kind of just run the score up if they can and just, uh, what, what do you think Gillisley will get involved at all? I think he'll be involved, but I don't think he can score on this defense. If his name was LeGarrette Blunt, I think he'd have a shot. But I don't think the way Gillisley runs that he can score on the Philly uh, D line. Ooh, hold on, one last one. Legarrette Blunt, half touchdown, over under. Oh, yeah, he is on the other side of the ball, huh? Um, give me a give me a revenge touchdown for Legar for Legarrette Blunt. Okay, I'll say no. All right. All right. All right. Man. Great. That's probably a good choice since he's the uh, fifth running back on that roster. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this will be a very fun game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and even if it isn't, there's ways to make it fun. We just made it fun. If you're not finding fun in your life, you're doing life wrong. <laughs> Thank you uh, for that. Uh, have you ever considered uh, you know, going door-to-door -door and uh, wearing a white shirt and a black tie or anything? What do you think my job is? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly, uh, I don't think it's going to be a... Seahawks Broncos type of blowout, um, but nor do I think it's going to be a Seahawks Patriots that close of a game. Um, 
I, I think this will be fun regardless. But uh, either way, um, we hope you enjoyed this uh, postseason potpourri and Super Bowl preview show. Um, as we said, hopefully we're going to get some more fantasy-heavy con uh, content to you uh, in the next month or two. Um, certainly a lot to be discussed previewing different teams and free agents. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Dynasty landscape is always shifting, so we're going to definitely talk a, a little bit of Dynasty for those of you that play that format. And uh, as always, uh, you know, if you have questions for us uh, about whatever, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, certainly the fantasy season's over, but if you're still playing DFS or if you're doing a little little sports betting like we just uh, talked about with some of the props for the Super Bowl, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Or even if you have different topics that you want to talk about that are Dynasty-related coming up, uh, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los LOS and our super producer, newly engaged Dan at FFA underscore Dan. If you want to congratulate him, give him a give him a little selfie or a win well no, give him a selfie. I don't I don't do I, I don't I don't do social media that well. <laughs> send him a uh, send him a message on the snap face. <laughs> yeah, the fa the book face. Yes. The insta exactly. snap. <sighs> I digress. You can also uh, find us on whatever type of uh, media you listen to, whether it be uh, Samsung, Google Store, uh, iPlay. <laughs> Mug, can you take it from here? I'm, 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 I'm dirt crazy right now. Oh, I think you guys know uh, iTunes, uh, iPod Store, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Y'all are listening already, so you can find us however you normally listen to us. Ain't that exactly. right? Exactly. But uh, certainly, it's going to be a, a good Super Bowl, I hope. Uh, go Pats. And as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.